Well, good morning. Does that not make you want to just go watch movies the rest of the day? Right, that gets you, that gets you pumped up. Uh, good morning to those here in Waukesha, um, online, and at Pewaukee. We're so glad that you guys are here this weekend uh, and came to celebrate your Father's Day weekend with us. I want to take a minute out to thank all of the fathers, uh, whatever your position of fatherhood is here. Uh, we want to say thank you um, for all that you do. Um, and a special thanks to my dad, uh, who gets to be here this weekend, um, and I get to show him around. It's a really special weekend, so thank you, Dad. Uh, for telling me about Jesus and for, uh, for showing me good movies growing up. Uh, we're kicking off a brand new series um, for the summer. It's, it's a series we did last year too. It's our At The Movies series where we're going to look at some, some blockbuster films and we're going to pull out some biblical truths within them. Who's excited for this At The Movies series? I, I'm stoked. Uh, I'm very excited. I love movies. I'm a big movie guy. I love going to the theater, uh, getting my big old thing of popcorn, lathering it up in butter, just soak it there like a jacuzzi. Who, anybody like throwing M&Ms in there with the popcorn? What about the like raisinets? Yeah, no, gross, right? Uh, I suggest jalapenos. I think that's the way to go. Mix it in, pour the juice all over, shake it up. Try it. Trust me, it's really good. But you get the popcorn, you get the candy, you get a Diet Coke, whatever, and then you go in and $250 later, right? You're sitting in the seats and you're, you're super excited. Right? I love it all. I don't care. I love it all. I love movies and theater and, and I grew up acting um, and, and uh, I always wanted to move to Hollywood, uh, but clearly it didn't work out. Um, but I remember when I was uh, in elementary school, I remember deciding that one year I wanted to go in and do a play instead of playing baseball that year. And so I chose to do theater instead, and it was a big decision. And my parents, knowing that I wouldn't get a trophy from baseball, went and got me this miniature Oscar trophy. And they gave it to me. It's got my name on it and everything. It says the show that I was in. Uh, and this is super special. This like means a lot to me. Um, and, and, it, and it really showed me like, hey, no matter what I do, no matter who I am, my parents will love me and they'll support me, right? No matter, no matter what happens. And, and so this, this is really meaningful to me. I, I love this idea of movies. Um, and, and the idea of kind of a loving and, and awesome family uh, makes me think of this movie that we're looking at today, the movie Wonder. Uh, anybody seen the movie Wonder? Uh, it's an awesome film. I highly recommend going and seeing it. Um, it, it it's based off of a book by R.J. Palacio, and it stars uh, Julia Roberts, Owen Wilson, and Jacob Tremblay. He plays the main character named August, uh, or Augie is what he goes by. Uh, so let's check out this first clip and meet our main character. I know I'm not an ordinary 10-year-old kid. I mean, I do ordinary things. Eat ice cream, ride my bike. I'm really good at playing sports. Well, on my Xbox. I love Minecraft science. I'm dressing up for Halloween. I love the lightsaber fight with my dad and watch Star Wars movies with him and drive my big sister crazy and dream about being in outer space, just like any ordinary kid. I just don't look ordinary when I'm doing these things. Not even my birth was ordinary. I've had 27 surgeries since then. They've helped me to breathe, to see, to hear without a hearing aid, and some even helped me look a bit better. But none of them have made me look ordinary. I know I'll never just be an ordinary kid. Ordinary kids don't make other kids run away from playgrounds. Ordinary kids don't get stared at wherever they go. 
but it's okay if you want to stare too. My name is Augie Pullman. Next week, I start fifth grade. And since I've never been to real school before, I'm pretty much totally and completely petrified. He's a pretty cool kid. But if you couldn't tell, um, he's got a, a facial deformity. And because of this, it causes a lot of bullying in school. And uh, he gets teased and picked on a lot. Now, I, I think some of us, when we think of bullying, um, we don't think of, of like a bad thing, right? We think of people like Biff Tannen or, uh, or Regina George, the, just the meanest girl, right? Uh, or Draco Malfoy. Um, what else? We got Johnny Lawrence, right? Put him in a body bag. Um, and then this kid, Scott Farkas, right? Your guy's favorite, probably. Um, I mean, he, if you name your kid Scott Farkas... You're either asking him to be a bully or to be bullied, all right? So let's get rid of that name, okay? But I think when we think of bullies, we think of, of, of a funny character or just this big guy at school who gives wedgies and puts people in lockers and steals lunch money. But bullying is so much more, and, it, and, it, and it's so present all over. I think we think that, it, that it's just funny characters or it's just kids. But bullying didn't stop when we became adults, it wasn't just something that we experienced or, or that we've done or that happened when we were kids. See, bullying is all over. The definition of bullying is to seek to harm, intimidate, or hurt someone. And we see that all over the place. Picking on someone or, or making a joke because of somebody with a disability or deformity. Bullying. Making fun of the way somebody talks or looks or walks? Bullying. Using your power to abuse someone verbally, physically, or sexually? Bullying. Using derogatory terms to describe someone of another race, a gender, or sexual orientation? Bullying. Backlashing and hating on people on social media because of their political, social, or religious view? Bullying. We've got to get rid of this keyboard courage and stop hiding behind computers and, and, and hating on others and look at the statistics of bullying. One of five students reports being bullied. That's over 20%. There's also 321,500 victims of sexual assault per year, and that's only the ones that actually reported it. Bullying leads to to suicide. Those who report bullying have higher rates in suicide. And this number, 123 Americans die by suicide, that's per day. That's one every 12 minutes. It's two by the time I walk off stage. And I know some of us are sitting here like, I, I don't, I can come here to hear numbers. But at some point, we've got to understand that every single one of these numbers represents a person. It represents a person who at some point felt less than or at some point was left alone or, or picked on or told they weren't good enough or they weren't loved or made fun of for the way they look. We've got to understand that these are people. These, these are people who were created in the image of God. You know, maybe that's, that's where you're at. Because I think so often 
More often than we'd like to confess, we are the bully. We look at other people differently or, or we pick on others. There's this bully in the movie who, who relentlessly picks on Augie. And he's finally had enough and, and, he, and he finally gets caught and in trouble. And this is the, the scene of him getting caught by the principal. We take bullying very seriously at this school. There's zero tolerance. Excuse me. Can you explain what's going on here? Wasn't Julian the one who got punched in the mouth? If there's any bullying going on, it isn't my son. You wrote that, Julian? Yes, sir. On one note was on the back of a class photo. Your son photoshopped Augie out of it. No. No, he didn't. I did. Of course, I didn't think that he would bring it to school. But when our friends come over and they see that picture, I want them to ask about our son, not the Pullmans. Mrs. Albans, when we pressed Augie, he showed us these other notes that your son left in his locker and, and his desk. Okay, look, if no one else is going to have the courage to say it, then I guess I will. These kids are too young to be dealing with this sort of thing. Julian has had nightmares because of that kid. Sarah. Did you know that? We had to take him to a child psychologist to help him deal with his night terrors. It's just a two-day suspension. You'll stay home from the nature preserve trip. That's all. Two days for a couple of notes from a kid. After all the money that we have poured into the school. We have a lot of friends in the school board, Mrs. Tushman. Oh. Well, I have more. So what would you have us do? Bend over backwards for every single person in the world? Nobody can get their feelings hurt, ever? <laughs> you are not doing these kids any favors. Mrs. Albans, Augie can't change the way he looks. So, maybe we can change the way we see. He's picked on, and he's hated for the way he looks. And I, and I love what the principal says. And, and I want to challenge us with the same thing today. He can't change the way he looks. So maybe we can change the way we see. What if, what if we chose to, to see people and love people the way that Jesus sees them. Jesus, Jesus tells us what will happen or what happens when we love others like we are supposed to. In John 13, 35, he says this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So I want to challenge you to, to, to put on the lens, put on, put on the glasses of Christ and see others as Jesus sees them, to see them as those who are made in the image of God. What, what if we changed the way we saw? I wonder what this church would look like. I wonder what this city would look like. I, I wonder what, what, what kind of people we would be if we changed the way we saw one another. What, what if we looked at the poor, not as, not as people to make fun of or be afraid of, but people to love and, and help and serve and not, and not just to post on our social media? 
What if we looked at those who were a little weird or different or lonely, not as loners and freaks, but as people who need a church or a community? What if we looked at our spouse as someone to give love to and serve rather than someone just to selfishly receive from? What if we changed the way we saw as a people? What if we chose that we're going to see people as image bearers, that we're going to see people as those who bear the image of Christ, as those who are loved as children of God? Why? Why would we do this? Because Jesus did the same thing for you and me. It says this in Romans 5, 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were in the midst of sin, while we were lost, while we were confused, while we were struggling, while we were hurt, while we were lonely, while we were outcast, God said, I love you. So I, I want to challenge you to go and extend that love to others, to those who feel hurt or oppressed. He loved us while we were outcast. See, the sad truth is that majority of people who bully or pick on others, it's because they've experienced some sort of bullying in their life. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're on the other end of bullying. Because I think a lot of us, we are bullied. We get picked on. You know, I think, I think in life we will face three different types of bullies that we'll experience. Three different types of bullies. The first bully that we will face is others. It's other people who, who, who say things about us, believe things about us, start rumors about us, gossip about us, tell us who to be or, or who we're not. They dictate who we become. And in these moments, we give them so much power. We give the voice of others too much power in our lives. The other bully that we'll face is the devil. And this sounds, this sounds weird, but the devil in scripture is known as the deceiver, as the prince of darkness and of lies. And the devil, I, th I think one of his greatest schemes is to convince you that you are not who God says you are. To tell you a lie or, or to use other people to make you believe something about yourself that isn't true. Sometimes he does this through through people we don't know, but a lot of times he does this through people that we love. And he'll use flawed and broken and sinful people just like us to do something that hurts us. This is what, what Augie experiences. His closest and his only friend, Jack, talks bad about him in the movie Behind His Back, and this is the moment of that happening. For me, Halloween is the best holiday in the world. It's so awesome. When I'm wearing a costume, I usually walk with my head down to avoid being seen. But on Halloween, I walk with my head up high. He did the mash. It got on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. I don't even know who that was. He didn't even know who I was. It's so cool, especially because people don't like to touch me, because they think I'm contagious. Oh yeah, Chewy, up high. Boom goes the dynamite. They did the match. They did the monster. <laughs> it really does look like him. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. He's always reminded me of like the shrunken head, you know? Oh, or an orc. <laughs> yeah. 
If I looked like him, I'd swear I'd put a hood over my face over <laughs> yeah, here. If I look like him, I think I'd kill myself. Why do you hang out with him so much, Jack? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Touchman asked me to be his welcome buddy, and now he just follows me around everywhere. Well, welcome that must buddy. stink. That must stink. <laughs> See, the hard thing is that so many of us have experienced something like that. So many of us have, have heard something, and we've chosen to accept it as truth about ourselves. But I want to challenge you today to put on the headphones of God, to choose that, that, that we're going to block out the noise. We're going we're to block out the haters, right? And, and we're going to believe only what God is, is telling us. See, the third bully that we'll face in life is us. It's ourselves. And this is the one that I'm so guilty of. See, we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. We look on TV and, and, and we're not what we're supposed to be. Or we look at our bank account and, and it's not what, what theirs is. Or, or we look at our car, we look at our clothes, we look at how we look. And, and, and it's not what it's supposed to be. It's not what we tell ourselves we're supposed to look like. And we bully ourselves. We, we say, we're, we're stupid, or, or I'm ugly, or I'm not good enough, or I, I've, I've done too many bad things. I'm, I'm, I'm too sinful for church. I'm not good enough for the love. I, I can't do that. I'm not strong enough. I'm weak. I'm scared. And the more we say these things out loud, they become the truth that we live in. What voices are you listening to? Are you listening to, to others? Are you believing the lies from the devil? Are you allowing the words you speak over yourself to be negative and demeaning or positive and life-giving? See, Augie experiences so much bullying and, and hurt, but in these moments... It's his parents who are the, who are the guiding and, and loving voice encouraging him. This is the scene of him hearing that love from his mother. Take that off, please. I'm sorry. It's okay. It'll be okay. Why do I have to be so ugly? You are not ugly, Augie. You just have to say that because you're my mom. Oh, because I'm your mom, it doesn't count? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm your mom, it counts the most because I know you the most. You are not ugly and anyone who cares to know you will see that. Because I'm your mom, it counts the most. And I think the same goes for for what God says about us. Because of what he says about you and about me, that matters most. This is, this is what David wrote in Psalm 139. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit or to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. 
Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh, yes, you shaped me first, inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing to something. I have an, I have an uncle who, who went to be with the Lord, but he, he didn't have legs, and, and he only had four fingers. And he would look in the mirror, and he would say, you look so good, I hope you never die. And I, I just wonder, what, what if we looked at ourselves like that? What if we looked at ourselves the way that Jesus sees us? What, what if we told ourselves and, and just believe that we are who God says we are? I, I dare you to believe that you're worthy. I dare you. I dare you to believe that you're loved. I dare you to believe that you're called. I dare you to believe that you're marvelously and wonderfully made, that you were sculpted from nothing into something. I dare you to believe that you have a creator, a designer, a God who says, I love you. No matter the mess that you see, I see you and I love you. I dare you to believe that about yourself. And, and I dare you to walk in every situation saying, I'm called. I've got a purpose. I came here on a mission and my God says, I love you. And he put me here for a purpose. And no matter what anybody else says to me, I'm putting on the headphones of God and I'm going to believe that he loves me. I'm going to believe that I'm marvelously made. I'm going to believe that I'm loved. I'm going to believe what he says about me. Can we believe that together? Come on, he loves you. And his voice is the heaviest voice in the world. It speaks truth to whatever lies you're feeling about yourself. Toward the end of this movie, Augie reconciles with his friend Jack, and he ends up becoming the most popular kid in school. See, at the beginning, he was riding around with the astronaut helmet over his face. And this was to cover up what he thought was embarrassing and caused a lot of shame, was his scars and, and his deformities. But his dad, throughout the movie, hides the helmet from him. And this is the moment of Augie finding out that he hid it. You come a long way, huh? Yeah. Augie, I am proud of you for sticking it out. You didn't think I would, did you? Of course I did. Okay, well, come on, you gotta, I mean, when you started, you were still wearing the astronaut helmet in public. I love that helmet. I wish I knew where it was. It's in my office. What? Dad, that was a gift. I know. Augie, Augie, please don't be mad. You gotta understand, you were wearing it all the time. I never got to see you anymore. I missed your face. I know you don't always like it, but I love it. It's my son's face. I wanna see it. So, before, I, before we go into that scene, I want to address the elephant in the room, right? Why, why am I speaking on Father's Day? Can we all just 
Think about that for a sec. I've only been married seven months. I have no idea what it means to be a father. I'm the least qualified to be up here. But the, all the parents wanted off this weekend, I guess. So I don't even have, I have a tabletop grill. Like, it's not even legit. I don't have the dad grill. I'm not like, I don't, I don't, I don't have that. I, I, I don't have the new balances. You know, I don't, it's not my, sorry, too, too close to home. I, I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like it. I like the look. But I, I can't, I just learned to mow three months ago, literally, like not even, like I, first time ever. I'm not joking. I just mowed the lawn for the first time. I'm 24 years old. It's pretty bad. See, I don't know what it's like to, to, to be a father, but I really know what it's like to, to have a, a loving and great father. You see, this trophy means a lot to me because my dad gave it to me. My mom and dad gave this to me. However, this, this trophy, while it represents something significant and, and meaningful to me, it also represents one of the things that, that I was picked on for. See, other boys in, in fifth grade, they didn't understand why I was going to rehearsal <laughs> instead of practice. My buddies in high school, they didn't understand why, why, why I quit the football team to, to do a musical. It doesn't make sense to a lot of other high school boys, right? So I got picked on, and, and, and I was made to feel different. Not how I should be. And it made me question who I was. It made me question how I felt, or it made, me, it made me question the things that I wanted to do, the things I enjoyed. It made me wonder, does my dad wish that I was more like my brothers? Does, does he like going to that stuff? Is, is he, does he see me that way too? You see, I believe the lies that I let other people tell me. And I think so many of us do the same thing. However... Before this trophy represented what I was bullied about, it represented my parents' affirmation of me. You see, before the lies, I was affirmed by my father. Before the, the moments of loneliness and, and sin and, and just being trapped in, in who I was, I was affirmed by my father. And some of you this morning, you may not fully know what it's like to, to have a loving father on earth, but we all have this loving father in heaven who is looking down on us and he's saying, I don't care what anyone else is saying about you because I affirmed you before the devil attempted anything on you. I affirmed you before the lies were spoken over your life. I already said who you were. So why are you believing anything other than that? I was affirmed before the devil's attempt. And God's affirmation of me and of you is way more heavier and stronger and greater than the devil's attempt on you. Now, because we were affirmed or, or, or called or, or, or God said, I love you, that doesn't make us safe from being attacked you see, we will still face those trials. We, we, we may still go through hard things. However, God's affirmation gives us the endurance to go through them. It gives us the power and the strength to go through them. 
See, because the devil's attempts, that's all they are. They're just attempts. They're just tries. Because God is is for us and he's already spoken something over your life. He's already declared who you are. So let's cling to that. Let's cling to the God who is stepping down into our situation and our loneliness and, and he's taking off this helmet and he's saying, I love that face. I know you hate it, and and I know you don't like it, and and I know you've done some things, and and I know you've been made fun of, and I know you've been picked on, but I love that face. I love you. You are my child. The devil's attempts don't mean anything. No weapon, as scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And if he is on my side, if God is on my side, if he is in my corner, then whom shall I fear? Can we go into life believing that he's already decided who we are and the lies that we hear will not be our truth? Can we believe that together? That God loves you no matter what you look like, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. He stepped down and he's looking at our face and he's saying, I love you. That's my son's, that's my daughter's face. I love that face. You see, we have a God who is recklessly chasing after us. There's this passage in scripture. Jesus tells this story about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and one of them gets away. One, one of the hundred, right? Seems so petty, so small. But instead of the shepherd saying, ah, well, I still got 99, he decides, you know what, I'm going to go after that one. I'm going to go get that one sheep that got away. I'm going to go get that one sheep that feels alone. I'm going to go get him. And he recklessly, foolishly goes after him. You guys, that is the God who we get to serve and who we get to praise. Is a God who says, I'm coming after you. I'm chasing after you. I love you. We're going to go into a time of worship and we're going to sing this song, Reckless Love, that I think perfectly describes the love of God for each and every one of us. But in the middle, we're going to, we're going to have what's called a spoken word poem. It's going to be read. It's going to be a very powerful moment and I really want to encourage you to, to worship and, and listen to the words that are being said. Some of, the, some of the things you'll hear in there have to do with being enslaved, being down, or being powerless. But at the same time, it declares the power and the love and the mercy and the grace of our Father, God. So may we declare the love of Jesus over ourselves and remind ourselves that we are loved by a heavenly Father. But may we not forget to extend that love to those who need it also. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we recognize that that we have looked at people wrong, God, that we haven't looked at them as image bearers or, or as those who, who you love. So God, may you change the way we see. May you give us glasses 
to see like you are seeing people. And God, at the same time, may you also give us headphones to, to block out any other noise and cling to the truth that you've spoken over our lives. God, may we believe that we're loved, even though we're unworthy. God, may we believe that you've chosen us, that you've called us. God, that you are our heavenly, loving, never-failing Father. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all you've done and all that you are going to do. In Jesus' name.